0: Welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm Liana Ross, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I'm the assistant director of Gooding Wellness Group, and I'm on a mission to answer your real and honest questions, unfiltered, while also giving you the real and honest opinions of a mental health clinician on pop culture and trending topics. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Let's Be Honest. I'm your host, Liana. I'm a licensed mental health counselor. And today we're breaking down some pop culture content. So relevant to last week's episode, we have Megan back, but we're continuing our conversation about dating and we need to talk about Love is Blind that recently came out on Netflix after the altar, which was kind of the post show of season two and I had a lot of people talking and it definitely had me thinking so Megan and I knew we had to talk about it in regards to current dating culture these different dynamics so welcome back Megan thank you let's get into it on love is blind yes let's get into it so let's start out with we're going to go through the different dynamics we're going to start out with the triangle of Shayna, Shane and Natalie what are your thoughts so
1: such a, such a complex triangle here. I think from the beginning in the show, it was so challenging for them because you could see that Shane and Shana had that connection in the pods. And when she didn't, what was it that she accepted the previous proposal and then she told Shane about it. And then yes. he kind of swapped sides. Yes. I think that whole piece of it, if that were me, if I was Natalie and I saw that happening, I would be like, yeah, I don't believe you that you're, that you chose me. I think I'm second choice here. Yes. I don't, I don't know if I would be able to get past that piece Obviously, we know this is TV. There's probably so much that we didn't see that gets kind of cut out, that gives more of a full story. But I think that piece alone, if I were Natalie, I would be very on edge with her. And I think Shana was very nonchalant about it. Like, she didn't think that she was doing anything wrong when she was kind of interfering in mm-hmm. their relationship. And once again, TV. I think they were trying to make Shayna the villain, regardless. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my stance on it. But I'm wondering what yours is.
0: Yeah. So, and I agree with that, it's TV and they wanted a villain, which was Shayna. I think that Natalie overlooking, not overlooking, but not putting a stop to the relationship after it was obvious she was almost like a second choice or wasn't the first and only choice. Like, I always say that things always come out, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised that things didn't work out for them, right? So obviously enough things happened after that, that kind of rose that red flag for Natalie where she cut off and she said no at the altar. So whether she did it immediately or it was at the altar, it wasn't going to work out. I saw that from the get-go. I just didn't see them two being compatible. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, I definitely feel like Shane and Shana were more compatible, yeah. to be honest. Um, and I'm not saying either one is a good thing. So I think that also what you were mentioning about Shana and not understanding the, almost like the severity that she said yes to someone else, It's almost like she knew that it wasn't going to work out Mm -hmm. with her and Kyle, right? Like, I also feel like she fished for a reason to not let it work out with Kyle. I really think she wasn't attracted to him and then found that reason about being religion and let that cut it off. Um, But I think she also enjoyed the flirting with Shane, I Mm -hmm. think those messages definitely happened. I don't think Natalie lied about it. And I think they totally played that narrative when in the after the altar with saying how it wasn't true and she was with her now husband. That doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Those messages can still happen. Like, I totally believe that Natalie saw that. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw it, but
1: I saw an article. I think it was an article where Natalie said that she did show the messages When they were filming, but they cut it out. What? Yeah. So, so I think they really like doctored all of that where they showed each person saying, no, I haven't seen the messages. No, I haven't seen the messages. I don't think that's true. I think all of them really did see the messages, but for the show, they doctored it to make it seem like there was still that mystery there of if they actually did have anything going on and a funny thing that i thought too was that Shayna was like we've never hung out alone we've never been out alone but they show you two scenes of them hanging out alone
0: yeah and it's so normal right right yeah and i feel like they didn't go further with the messages because now they have a relationship of Shayna and her now husband so that would have caused that could have been a whole nother show Oh yeah. So I feel like they didn't want to touch that. And so let's play this narrative that the messages never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly wish the best for Natalie. I feel like she's so grounded and so, I know. such a good head on her shoulders that I feel like she won out in this. Yeah, totally. And like you were
1: saying, I don't think they were a good match at all. Shane and her, just their demeanors are so different. Yes. And sometimes that can be great. Sometimes you can kind of balance each other out. But for them, I don't think it was a balance. I think it was more clashing than anything.
0: You know what I noticed, too, in the main show of the Love is Blind season two? They had such different love languages, which Mm. is fine. That's totally fine. But it was really playing a role where he his love language was evidently uh, words of affirmation, and maybe it came from a place of insecurity. I kind of got that vibe as well. And yeah. he was really begging her for that words of affirmations, and she definitely did not give words of affirmations as her love language. So she was kind of totally. like, well, "Why do you want me to compliment you all the time? Like what?" Is- yeah. And then he would get frustrated with her, and it's my mind was just like tell each other that that's what you need and want, like communicate,
1: yeah. just like wanted to yeah. jump in the TV. Totally. And it seems like Shayna gave him that too. Yes. Even just with like, what was it that she said? Like the only thing I said to him that was like, sp- somewhat was calling him like sugar sugar bear or something i don't know but some some sort of like a pet name mm-hmm. and like even just that like you're saying is a word of affirmation right it's a it's a representation of meaning that love love language even just giving someone a pet name yeah so Shayna was doing that for him either way
0: Mm, that's a good point. And even just complimenting his appearance, which is like, someone can overlook that and say like, oh, well, people compliment people. But it was meeting his needs in that way. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you want to move on to another love triangle? Mallory, Sal, and the new girlfriend, Jesse. Oh, yeah. Which, I'm sorry, this just popped in my head. He was proposing by the end to Jesse. Yeah. What the, do you even know- that girl?
1: Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. I know. What do you think about uh, that? Um, well, their dynamic in general, I feel like I'm trying to remember what their dynamic was like on the actual season. I feel like they tried, like they really did try and it just wasn't like mm-hmm. hitting for them. And in after the altar, you could tell that Mallory was just kind of trying to like
2: not make a
1: big deal out of things. And she was clearly uncomfortable, but was trying not to make it uncomfortable for everybody else and for herself. And the way that Sal and his new girlfriend um approached it was I think they were making it uncomfortable when it didn't need to be, even just approaching her, like the girlfriend approaching her, being oh. like, I was never like worried, worried about, about you. you. Right? Why? Why did you feel the need to say that? Like
0: And are you never not worried about me because you just came up to me.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. Like your actions are not saying that, but okay. Sure, yeah. sure. That's one of the things, though, that I always question, like, was that doctored? Was Did one of the mm. producers say, like, go on, go, go say this to her? Like, I wonder those kinds of things. But either way, if that were to happen
0: in real life, super awkward. Oh, cringe. I felt bad for Valerie. Like, that yeah. is... I think anyone, if I was Mallory, I would probably act the same way where I would just keep my distance, hang out Mm -hmm. with my friends. That's it. No harsh feelings. I always felt like their relationship, Mallory and Sal's was a little forced. I never Mm. really felt like Mallory liked Sal as much as I liked Mallory. Um, so it's almost like, okay, do your thing, man. Like go meet that other girl. That's fantastic. But the fact that now you Approach her, and you created a little bit of a conflict by bringing up that thing with Mallory, like being with another guy and being drunk in the car, and that's why Sal broke it off. Like, oh, why yeah. did you just create that? We again, we don't know behind the scenes what happened, other than that. But why is that necessary? Mm-hmm. It's just right. like, leave it alone. I, I just don't like unnecessary conflict, right? And it kind of goes back to what we were talking
1: about in the last episode of like creating that narrative, right? You're, you get hurt and you're trying to make sense of things. So like Sal saw this situation of her in the car being drunk. And it really does sound like he just like filled in the missing pieces because he was hurt and was just trying to make sense of the situation. And then after the fact, Mallory was like, that is not what happened at all, but okay. If that's what you want to believe, sure. So kind of goes back to that. Like we always create those narratives and make those assumptions because we're trying to make sense, especially when we're hurt in a situation, we try to understand and justify it. And I think that's exactly what was happening
0: there. Completely agree. And and then he pulls out the ring and even his sisters were like, what is going on? It just pumped the brakes, right? Yeah. Like And I think this can go into a bigger picture of if this is happening to a friend or even like, I don't know, if this was my friend, if Sal was my friend, I'd be like, pause. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about all of this, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's no rush. So let's kind of take a look at what's going on, especially when there's big events like that going on. And
1: yeah, yeah. I think even taking it a step further, like people who choose to go on this kind of show, Where are you at in life? Right. Like, it almost seems like Sal's just so desperate to have a relationship
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: like have a marriage specifically that he's like, All right, yeah, it kind of works. Great. I'll do it.
0: Yes. Yes. It's like, it's just good enough. And maybe that's where the show almost brought them, where we were talking about this before. It's like, you barely know these people and now you're engaged.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: almost leads into that mindset of, oh, well you guys get along. Let's try to make this work. And it's like, wait, there's so many other aspects that make up a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to move on to Danielle and Nick because yeah. that one, you know, I heard they broke up before after the altar and right. then watching after the altar one would be surprised that mm-hmm. they actually broke up so what did you think about that switch
1: so on the season I was like what is this combination I was like they are never going to yes work and then when you're watching like you said after the altar it's like oh they're they're great together they've like settled all their differences the like breaking her dancing on the tables and like breaking the tables thing. And he's like, I've, I've broken a couple tables too, or whatever. Mm -hmm. It seems like whatever big challenges they had in the original season, they kind of figured out, which I was like, Oh, great. Good for you guys. You figured it out. And then I know we kind of touched on it before we started recording about how she made that comment. Was it her making the comment about? Yes. The great thing about
0: being married is that you know who you are going on vacation with next year. So you can like plan ahead knowing that the guy will still be in the picture. Right.
1: And is that what's most important to you? Like that's what's your priority. And that's the great thing about being married. It seems like the priorities are all whacked out
0: there. Yeah, I, I completely agree. My mind went to like, what what are your motives here? And if I'm remembering correctly in the season, I mean, yeah, there were so many issues in the main season. I could go on and on, but maybe I'm taking her um, inventory, but I don't know if her dad was present at all. And like, I wonder what that relationship was like and why mm. there was this desperate need For a relationship. And I know there was a lot of insecurities that she shared about regarding her body image, which I totally understand. But again, I think it's so important, like you said last week's episode, about doing the work so you can understand what you're looking for and why you're looking for it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you saying that also makes me think about one of the scenes in the original season where. He went to the party, but she was sick and she was having really bad anxiety and he didn't know how to help her and support her through the, through her anxiety. And it seems like he just was so turned off by it Mm -hmm. and so unwilling to be there to support her. And I remember when I was watching it, that was one of the moments where I was like, yeah, no. This isn't going to work unless he was willing to start understanding her. And maybe he doesn't have that much experience with people in his life experiencing anxiety. Maybe he hasn't experienced that level of anxiety himself. So he doesn't know what to do with that. Or it could also be the opposite. Maybe there are people in his life who have had very severe anxiety. And he's like, I don't want anything to do with this. I've dealt with this my whole life get like no I'm not doing this with my partner so that was definitely something that was uh a red flag for me with them originally
0: Mm, that's interesting because my thought during that scene was she's just berating him about nothing that nothing happened it was she created Mm -hmm. a narrative a narrative in her head and was Mm -hmm. yelling at him about it right and I think if everyone just slowed down and that they were able to communicate it would be a different story but it was almost like she went at him and he didn't understand like what is going on that. I mean, I wanted to jump in and just be like, hold on guys, let's just take (laughs) a moment. And I think it's so important that, not only do we communicate how we need to be supported by our partners, especially when we have anxiety, depression, whatever it might be, but that our partners hear us and that mm-hmm. they want to learn how they can best support you while also encouraging you to do some of your own work and to gain other resources so that they're not your only resource. There was mm-hmm. a lot going on with that dynamic. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So let's move on to the last couple that ended up breaking up, which I wasn't surprised. And honestly, we'll share about it. Ayana and Jarrett.
2: Hi, my name is Gordon Gooding. I'm the founder and director of the Gooding Wellness Group here in Cold Spring Harbor, New York. We are a group of mental health providers that offer individual and family counseling here on Long Island. We believe the first step for caring for your mental health is to talk and to learn about it, which is what this podcast does such a great job of. If it has a name, someone else has been through it, and so can you. If you ever need a professional that cares about what you are facing, please feel free to reach out to us. Our counseling services are available throughout New York State through our teletherapy service, and we also offer in-person sessions in our beautiful offices here on Long Island, New York. You can reach us at goodingwellness.com or by calling 631-351-2940. Remember, there's nothing that you need to face alone. Until then, keep listening, be deliberate with your mental health, and keep it honest.
0: That he Mm -hmm. was stuck in the old lifestyle, which they kind of gave us a little hint of in the main season. yeah. Um, And that I was happy people encouraged Ayana to go back to the apartment and put in her effort, right? Because Mm -hmm. like, how could she be somewhere else and expect jared to work on it by himself it's like this is a two-part issue totally yeah and i
1: think something that's so important when you're looking at relationship conflict is remembering that yeah it's important to know like how to argue healthily and i put that in quotations but it's also more about the repair So you could have like a really intense argument with your partner and it's more about how you work on repairing that. That's going to really make a difference in your overall healthiness of your relationship. Of like, is that respect intact? Is is both partners taking accountability for their roles? Are you trying to work on coming to a conclusion on the issue. So like you're saying, if she didn't come back, she's not putting in the work to repair things. If he's not taking accountability for his role and being like, yeah, I stayed out all night and it's like, I shouldn't have done that. I should have communicated to you. And next time I'm going to do that and I'm going to be more aware of that, then it's not going to work. And that goes for any relationship. And I think the the key is always being able to give the opportunity for the repair to happen. Because in the end, we're all human. We're all going to have our challenges and we're going to do things that might rub our partner the wrong way. But the growth happens and are we willing to recognize when something's triggering to our partner and change that and actively make changes? Or are we going to be like, well, I don't really care if
0: this bothers you because this is what I want to do. Right. Are they willing to compromise? Like my first thought was, is he willing to come home at Maybe the first step is two a.m. instead of four a.m., right? Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. her, like you said, her being present for that compromise because she's got to be there, and he's right. also got to verbalize. Both partners got to verbalize. Am I willing to commit to this change? Am I willing mm-hmm. to change these behaviors? Right? Because mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, if you're not willing, then now we know. Mm-hmm. But it's I like that you brought up about the repair. Did we communicate? Did they? Were they yelling at me? Were they? Mm-hmm being abusive or were they able to express how they were feeling and we came to a mutual agreement whatever that might look like that a lot Mm -hmm. says about that um it seems like he was able to take accountability but it was almost like I didn't feel like he shared the why of like Mm -hmm. what was like yes he liked to go out and be that party guy but like why like I Mm -hmm. felt like there was a lot of inner stuff that he wasn't expressing and They did touch on this point about he was in a strict household growing up. And I wonder if that played a role in now his wanting to go out and go party and have a great time, right? Because the more we're told not to do something, the more we Mm -hmm. want to do it. Absolutely. I think that that was a really big factor. And
1: I don't, I think he wanted to be at that place in his life where he was ready to settle down and create a family and things of that nature. and but I don't think he was actually there. I think he was kind of lying to himself a little bit and he obviously his behavior showed that, right? So that's another thing that I think is so important to highlight words aligning with actions. If somebody's words are not aligning with their actions, their words don't mean Jack shit. So I think that was the big thing there, right? You're saying he was able to take accountability, but he didn't stop. Right. Then right. Right exactly and i think that's definitely like a huge challenge in relationships right you want to give people chances and opportunities and it's all about knowing like how many chances are too many chances and there's no hard and fast rule for that
0: right right and that's a tough decision to make but it's yeah like we were saying before are we ex- where we justifying their behavior are we making excuses for their behavior can we take a step back and recognize that we don't have to deal with this? Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes into my last girl that we want to talk to my girl, Deep D who has become like this. And this kind of can go into like how social media plays a role with these, with these people being on this reality show and, how it's kind of changed their lives in so many different ways. He's like I feel like now Deep is like she's written a book and now she's like this like independent woman. It was mm-hmm. like you know she chose herself. So what do you think about her I guess narrative and what she's got going on? First, I love her.
1: I loved yes. her from the first part and I think her situation with Shake I cringed for her so much because yeah. it was so obvious that he was not treating her with respect and that it almost seemed like, and tell me if you agree with this. Cause I also can't really fully remember the original season. It almost seemed like she was walking the line a little bit where she like, she like respected herself and was like, I know I deserve better than this, but also was still kind of like, well, maybe it can work. Like, let me see. Kind of like she almost gave him too many chances. I think yes. when it was very clear that he was not going to give her what she needed.
0: Yes. And you know, it's funny. I remembered this from the reunion when they played back this tape of when he was asking the girls, if we're at a festival, can I put you on my shoulders? As, oh my God. I know. I know. Cringe. So cringe. And Dee's face you could tell she was like, you could see that she knew it was ridiculous, Mm -hmm. but yet she answered the question and she kept going. So I I do agree with that, that she, that she half kind of like knew that this wasn't the best, that there were a lot of things that maybe she felt like were not the best thing. And then on the other hand, she was like, well, this checks off these boxes, Mm. which is so easy to do. It is so easy to see the green or yellow flags and have them overshadow the red flags
1: totally yeah and i think with them specifically and with deep deep specifically the i mean the, where it went into for her who was it with kyle yeah she was with yeah so her now being with kyle i thought that was also a very interesting dynamic because it was uh, In some ways, I felt like the same with her, where it seemed obviously they had the friendship thing going on and there was the whole I don't want to ruin this friendship thing. But the vibe that I got was that she was way more into it and she wanted it more. And it was like she was waiting for him to jump Mm -hmm. and kind of like fall in his court. And then once he kind of was like, should we like try this? She's like, yeah, like, yeah, let's, let's try it. So it makes me like, want to give her a hug and be like, you deserve someone who wants you and knows they want you with 100% certainty.
0: Yes. I felt like now that you're saying that, I feel like the thing with Kyle, it was a little selfish of him. Mm -hmm. to be like well I don't want to ruin this friendship and there was someone that said it to him in the episode that made a lot of sense he was like well if you don't move further and she goes off with someone else the relationship the friendship is ruined or if you do end up with her and maybe it doesn't work out friendship doesn't have to be ruined but at least you know so it's like Mm -hmm. might as well take that chance and I felt like it was selfish to keep her in that limbo for the whole thing to be in limbo it was like why are we doing this
1: right totally
0: And I heard that they did
1: break up. They did. Started dating, right? So I'm curious where that friendship is. Were they able to maintain the -hmm. friendship after the fact?
0: And I don't even know if it was a friendship. It was more or less like they liked each other and they were
2: friendly. They were
0: lusting. They were lusting. Yes. Yeah. They were lusting over each other 100%. Yeah.
1: And calling it
0: a friendship. 110%. Oh my god. It's like all these words for relationships, situationships. <laughs> it's it's wild. Well, I'm excited for season 3 and that whole new cast. Are you going to be watching? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so Megan remind people where they can find you if they want to work with you or learn more about you.
1: Sure. So you can find me on Psychology Today, Megan Miraldi, M-E-A-G-A-N, or you can find me on jcoreacounseling.com and you can find their phone number and their email address and you can send
0: an inquiry there. Cool. Thanks so much for coming back on. This was so fun to talk about this stuff with. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Of course. And remember guys to check us out on YouTube. If you want to send us a question to be answered anonymously on the podcast, you can email it to let's be honest at goodingwellness.com or DM it to let's be honest pod on Instagram. Follow me at Liana Ross LMHC and check us out on goodingwellness.com to work with any of our wonderful con- clinicians.